Leitner and welcome to Rochester Rising, where we amplify the stories of Rochester entrepreneurs. Welcome to episode 160 of the podcast today. So today we get to sit down with new to Rochester startup Sherpa. Sherpa was started by co-founders Chris Lukenville and Andy Vig. It's a website that helps people find fun things to do in their community. So it's not Yelp, it's not the top 10 things to do, but it's adventures curated by local people. So you get to experience a new city, a new community like a local would. We talk about a lot of different topics on the podcast today, including how Chris and Andy are developing the business model around Sherpa and how it's evolved over the past year. And we have a really great and fun discussion today on the podcast, so don't miss out. You can find more information about Sherpa at Sherpa.com. That's S-H-R-P-A.com. And they're also on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find any of those links in our show notes. So check them out. So if you're looking for more stories of entrepreneurship and innovation in Rochester, you can find those on our website at rochesterrising.org. And if you're looking for our podcast, you've obviously found it somewhere, but we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, and we're also on YouTube. So you can check us out on any of those locations. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, so now on to today's podcast with Chris Lukenbill and Andy Vig of Sherpa. Well, thanks both of you for being here today for the the first official podcast that's actually being recorded in 2020. (laughs) So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, So I'll start by doing something a little different. I want both of you to introduce yourself and then say what your favorite non-work activity is to do here in Rochester, just to set the stage. Awesome. Andy Vig, I've been in Rochester for five and a half years now, a software developer by trade. My favorite activity used to be running uh, around Rochester. You can really discover a lot of a city by running through it. But since I've had children, that uh, has taken too much time. So more recently, it's been sledding with the two and a half year old, which he thoroughly enjoys. And I've rediscovered the Uh, fun of sledding as well. Excellent. I am Chris Lukenbill. I've been here for about 12 years in Rochester, and I've found the thing that I enjoy doing the most uh, when I'm here in Rochester is mountain biking around town. So there's a few great places I love to go mountain biking throughout the summer, bringing the family with, turn it into a family activity this year. And that's something that uh, now we'll hopefully be doing year round now that Charlie from My Bike Guy has introduced me to fat biking and gotten me into that. So hopefully I will be able to explore even a little bit more of that in Rochester. Awesome. It's actually in Arizona over the weekend and people were mountain biking, like, like real mountain biking. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of people there. I was just shocked that they didn't run someone over. I'm like, this can't be enjoyable <laughs> for anybody, you or... It's uh, it's something people. you get used to of, yeah. of sharing the trails because Rochester is the same way, especially out at, at at Game Haven. There's a lot of people that are walking around, and you just get used to sharing the trails because everybody's getting the fun out of it. And I saw the pictures that you had down in Arizona, and it looked like amazing places to be mountain biking. Oh, it was beautiful. I was definitely. You just apparently have to worry about rattlesnakes, which I did not see any. <laughs> not a lot of snakes around Rochester, luckily. No. Okay, so we're here today to talk about Sherpa which was founded in 2017. Is that right? Or am I? 2018. 2018. The, the 
ideas that led to Sherpa started at the very, very end of 2017. Okay. But 2018 is where it actually we got started. And so okay. it's just under a year now. Awesome. So I'll start by asking you before we jump into a lot of what Sherpa is, you know, what gap or need did you both see in the community for, um, for something like Sherpa? Yeah, for us, it was, well, I guess from my side of it, especially there was, uh, a lot of things that I knew existed around here, a lot of attractions, but I just didn't know the best way to be able to go out and experience those. There's a lot of things that you can go out and do one thing, uh, but it might be a drive and just to be able to, you know, go over to Winona to do one thing is something that's a little bit more challenging. Um, and, and a lot of things I didn't even know what existed until somebody told me they wouldn't experience it. Right. So being able to have that introduction on top of it, there was a lot of times where I had an afternoon with the kids, um, or maybe a free evening to go on a day night with the wife and the logistics of trying to put all of that together was daunting and trying to do that in a, a fun, enjoyable manner. So that was what we were really looking to address with that. Yeah, there's there's sites out there like Google and uh, Yelp that have reviews for individual sites, but one, they miss a lot of things that are fun to go out and do, and two, it's just a single site, uh, and you really often go out wanting to do a number of things rather than just going to one restaurant. It's more fun if you can have an afternoon full of stuff or a half day of stuff to do. Yeah, absolutely. You want to maximize your time while you're while you're getting out there and, and doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you think about, um, say, going to a hotel somewhere else and your concierge kind of curates something for you. The idea is that we could do that, but for where you live. So instead of um, going out and stumbling through different areas or doing the research yourself, you can go to this site and help discover that curated type of experience. And that's something that, yeah, our community has a lot of where there's whether it's the Rochester area that has so many things to be able to do. And that's something that we definitely um, see with the amount of people coming into Rochester and especially on the restaurant scene, um, some of the arts things that you can do in this community, they're really starting to grow up. Um, But then on top of that, there's all of these small towns around here and there's ways that they've been working in the past that are um, trying to try and highlight that those things are available. And what we're trying to do is just be able to make that a little bit more approachable for everybody, both on the sharing side of it um, and then on the traveler side of it to be able to find those things and experience them. Yeah, almost every, I think almost every community has fun things to go do. You just have to discover what it is that that community has available and how to experience it. And that's what this is trying to help provide. Yeah, I agree. As someone just coming back from vacation and trying to figure out all those things like a local would do, you know, everyone Googles, you know, top 10 things to do in mm-hmm. X community. And then yeah. guess what? Everyone's doing those top 10 things. Yep. <laughs> so yep. what is there to do, you know, that someone who lives there knows and is like their favorite, you know, secret, not secret, but, you know, like less mainstream or well-known thing that... Um, yeah. And in, inside of those top 10 things, there's, you know, why are you going to that place? What makes this, you know, a great coffee shop to go to? Or what makes this a great restaurant to go to? Are you going to go there because they have really good appetizers? Or are you going to go there because this is a place that you want to go in the evening um, as wrapping up your date night? Or, you know, if, are you going to go there with the kids, right? And so um, not just a review site or the top 10s of, of what you're going out to go do, but here's why you would like to go to this place. Here's a really fun way to enjoy this place, right? So we're always talking about the positives of what makes a place enjoyable. Um, and then in addition to that, this isn't just businesses, right? This is attractions on top of that and tying those together with what those what you can actually do together because there there might be 
10 really cool things to go do in a town, uh, but it might be difficult to do any one of those things together with another one, right? Because it's just a full day experience. And so um, how do you how do you actually make those approachable? And the logistics of all of that can be challenging if you don't know, if you're not from the area. And so you're looking at this list of, are these things even on the same side of this large town? Or you know how, how easy is it for me to get from here to there? All of those things that when you're not from an area or you're even just not used to experiencing um, those types of attractions, it can be challenging without some 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 help from somebody yeah it definitely lowers a barrier mm-hmm. because you don't want to spend you know several hours on a computer trying to map things out I mean some people love that but most people don't mm-hmm. <laughs> I would yep. say at least from my experience um, so let's talk more about Sherpa so what is it how do people interact with it and what do they get out of it um, at the other end yeah, and so going back to what you're just talking about, as far as some people love creating that content and putting those things together and doing all of that research, right? What we've tried to create with Sherba is a platform for both sides of the equation there. So that this is something that you can, as a creator, as somebody who likes creating these experiences and sharing what they like to do, um, you know, we've created something so that you can go out and share what you love to do in your local community, all of those experiences, right? Um, and we've made that in a way, uh, we've put that together in a way that is easy to be able to share that content, um, but then also is organized in a manner that is helpful uh, and, and fun for people to be able to experience, right? So we have all of the details that gets you the information that you need to be able to experience that, but then also makes it easy for um, you as a creator to be able to share that with other people. Um, and so this is something that it's we're creating something both for the creator, both for the people that are trying to share what's what's fun about their community, but then also for the people that want to go out and travel and experience those. So it's a site that helps you. <clears throat> this is maybe a tangent, but you'll you'll notice that I tend to be overly terse, and Chris. Uh, I like to yeah, not. give verbose yeah. So Sherpa is basically, as I'll describe it, as a website that you can go to to both share uh, fun things to do in your community as well as find fun things to do in a community. Yeah. So when you go on the website, you can search for date night, family night, outdoors, and whatever you're interested in. Okay. And then it gives you back an itinerary of various places you go and how much time to expect and help set your expectations about what this adventure, this trip would look like. And and those are things that we're always going to be continually working on to make it easier and more approachable for everybody to be able to to do both sides of that, to be able to get into the right content right away, right? And that's kind of the the value prop that we talk about from the beginning is make this easy and make this enjoyable for people to find what they like to do, right? So there's a lot of different ways that we can do that through filtering, through, um, you know, logins eventually to be able to help people um, track what they like to do and find other things similar to that. um, and uh, and so we're we're constantly working on that. In addition to constantly working on the ways to be able to create that content and get that in there, right? That originally when we first talked, I mean, that was just a, a Google form that people filled out. That then we went into the back end and, and put all of that content in. Now there's a full CMS that we're putting out there that'll um, that we have out there and we're iterating on to make it even easier to be able to create this content and, and make it in a fun way and, and moving some of that even that community of of creating and sharing um, into the site. Um, so that's something. That uh, is a constant process, and we're always iterating on. So, about how many different adventures do you have right now? Because I remember when it launched, there were maybe like three to five, and now I feel like it's quadrupled. Yeah, we're up to over fifty now okay, so that yeah. we have on there. Probably 
10 at least that are in the queue of uh, ready to go out there. Uh, some of them are a little bit more timely, are a little bit more um, season specific. Some, but we've actually have a really good amount of them that are, um, you know, fit through all of, throughout all of the year. And that's something that even in a, a seasonal environment like this, um, we have a lot of really fun things that you can do all throughout the year, um, and we can continue to try and highlight those. The goal with the content system that we built is to allow people to really easily create and share new stuff to share out. So that number should easily grow pretty rapidly, I think, now that we have an easy way for people to, or a pain-free way for people to enter that content. Yeah, yeah this area, we, we've talked about this from the beginning when we said, you know, hey, we have, we're trying to go for 40, I think it was the original uh, number that we were trying to get to this last summer. Um, and uh, we said, but this community can easily do 10 times that number, right? Mm-hmm. And now even with over 50, we have, yeah, easily over 10 times that number, right? There's always going to be more things to be able to experience. And it's not just uh, all the attractions because we're nowhere near touching on all of the different things to do in this community. Um, but in addition to that, all of the different ways you can experience the same place, right? Um, you can go to Pasquale's Pizzeria uh, with your kids on a date night uh, with a big group of people. There's a lot of different ways to experience one location. And so you can have 20 different itineraries that feature the same place and in all the different ways. Mm-hmm. So we talked about a little bit how this is changed since its inception. I remember, I think we talked in February last year, and I think we actually put it off for a while because it was changing (laughs) so much. So, you know, from the original concept, or let's even say since January, February last year until now, how much has changed in the original vision and execution? The core vision is really similar. The execution has dramatically changed. I mean, we've done everything in that period of time that we've done. It was nothing but but an idea then, and now we have a full-fledged site. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, you know, logistically, as far as putting things together, it, it, it went from nothing at the time other than an idea to actually putting something out there. And then in addition to that, I would say the change, the biggest change on it has really been focusing more on the creator side of things to be able to get the content in there. When we originally were talking about it, and even when we were originally pitching this on um, to some of the... Um, uh, the business community that we were trying to get feedback from, uh, the idea was really around the traveler-centric side of things. This is just on the traveler. And we're creating content for the traveler, but we weren't really thinking about that content creator side of things, the Sherpa side of things, the people that were out there uh, sharing their experiences. We were we were working directly with those people to be able to, to get that type of information and maybe more of a curated way. Uh, and there's still going to be a lot of curation around that to make sure that we get uh, really good content and that it that fits well with what people are looking for, uh, but we're focusing more and more on the creation side and how people share more things, um, and even what makes it a, even a little bit more seasonal and timely with some of that content in ways that you can share that around uh, timely events that are happening and things like that. In my mind, it's balancing out a little better so that we have a more uh, robust ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, initially, we really focused on discovery of fun stuff to do, but as just as important as you need to actually have fun stuff to do and have that uh, created. So we're trying to find a balance between those two. Uh, functionalities, features. You know, in a lot of ways, I think that, like you were saying, this is is really, it's solving the same problems. It's the vision's very similar. Really, and I would say even 
to the degree that it's just more focused now of we know what we're trying to get to a little bit better. Um, we've had a lot more conversations with people, and I think that's something that we're going to continue to double down on is having more conversations with the community um, at events where we go to to just get right in front of people, introduce it to them, get their feedback, continue to get more feedback from people that have experienced it. Um, and that's something that we can do as you know it's the advantage that we have as a smaller company right we can we can follow things down and figure things out and iterate on things a lot faster than if we were a larger company and also we're here right so we have the ability to go out and have uh in-person conversations with people uh to be able to get their feedback and and we want to use that as our advantage as we as we continue to grow and and build this yeah i feel like a lot of the times people forget to get that customer feedback and that's the really nice part, um, going out and being able to talk to people. So those users that you're talking with, the people who are taking the journeys that the Sherpas are creating, um, how are they originally finding Sherpa? And then when you have businesses on there, what conversations are you having with them? So do you have a conversation with them before they get into an itinerary or, um, what does that kind of look like? So, uh, yeah, the ways that people are finding us today, I would say a lot of it is through social media of what we're trying to do there. We're, we've, we have to go back. We know we have to go back and do some things just on simple SEO um, to be able to get in it. Some, to a degree, we, we've overlooked that uh, to begin with just because we're building the product and iterating on that and really haven't gone back and even done some of the simple things. So we're going to do some of those just because we have the ability to and we know what we need to do there. Um, and so it'll maybe people will find us a little bit more um, organically. But we've put a lot of effort into... Um, um, into the social media side of things. Tiffany um, has done an amazing job with that. Um, so we've worked with her all throughout, or most all throughout last year. We, what are we starting? Maybe July, so maybe just half of last year. Um, and, uh, and that's really helped to get the awareness out there, both on the traveler side and on the business side of things, to be able to people know in town here that we exist and what we can do. Um, that's something that I think has really helped out to just at least let people know that we're there. Um, we're going to continue to work with some more organizations to be able to, the people that are already out there in front of people and trying to do some of this to a certain degree, um, iterate on doing some more of those just to be able to get our names out there some more because I think that's something we need, we have a lot of work to do on that to begin with, right? Um, and so um, just continuing to iterate on that. To me, that's a central question that I don't have a clear answer to. And part of that is, I think, my background. I'm a technical programmer. I'm not a marketer. Um, but how do you get in front of people and how do you make them notice, uh, the right people notice, that this is a valuable thing for them? That's a really challenging problem in my mind that I think we'll have to continue to work on and try to gain that critical mass where enough people hear about it. Mm -hmm. What was the second part of your question? Um, I feel like I didn't answer that. The businesses part. Getting in front of businesses. We've been, that's that's a really recent and a really evolving thing for us. So we've been having some conversations with businesses about how they'd find this valuable, but we haven't defined, uh, th- th- that's a much more influx part of the product in my mind than, than the core, what I call the core product of sharing and discovering experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and with businesses, we don't go and talk to them first before we highlight them on, 
on Sherba, and that's a that is a um, decision that was made very early on. Uh, just the core purpose of what we're trying to create. This isn't a by no means is this a pay to play type of model, right? Um, we we're not creating something for that purpose. We don't want the content to go in that direction uh, for a couple of reasons. One, we want to make sure that we're highlighting all of the best things to do here in, uh, in Rochester and the surrounding area. And as we as we continue to grow, um, we don't want it to li- be limited by who we have any kind of business agreements with or anything along those lines. Um, even on the business model, we we're trying to find ways to get around that, right? To, to stay away from that, even influencing any of the content. Um, in addition to that, then allows us, I think that frees us in a lot more ways to be able to have experiences that highlight attractions that are long ways away from being a business, right? A park, uh, you know, a trail system to go to. Nobody's going to be paying for us to go there. Uh, maybe a visitor's bureau or something along those lines, disconnected a few steps away, but, you know, there is no business entity there. Um, and so that's a, a core piece to the company is that we don't want that to be a restriction in any way um, to be contacting first or even to be in the picture afterwards. Yeah, I remember talking about that in the beginning with you, and it's kind of a delicate line to walk because you want to be, you have to financially sustain it, but you don't want it to be so artificial that it's like, okay, this person obviously paid for this, and maybe it's not, you know, a super popular destination. It's just, you know, this business found this an interesting marketing avenue. So, yeah, totally get that because I've never had a good way to do that that didn't feel fake. Yes, and that's... That's something that it's. We were just talking about that this morning, where it can be a shortcut to a business model in a lot of ways, where we could follow maybe a um, template that somebody else has done in the past, like that, right? Uh, but I think that really limits you on what you can do, limits the possibilities of what the platform can become, and so that's why we've we've from the beginning shied away from that and looked to other sources to be able to create our business model around. I think you want to focus on providing the core value that you, you know, the, the core intent and don't distort it with your business model. You have to find a business model of some sort, but I think the more important part is providing that uh, really useful piece of, uh, of your product that's, that's fun and useful for people. Yeah, figuring out what the core product is and how mm-hmm. people use it and before, yeah, figuring out, yeah, the monetization. Um, yeah, I think that's key because a lot of the times we jump into things and go way too far before <laughs> yeah. understanding what the core is. Yeah, and, and I would say, you know, to highlight that, we're going to be we're going to be med- Midwestern in the fact that uh, we're going to find a business model and we're going to make sure that this is something that is a sustainable business, right? We're going to be Midwestern in that respect, but we're going to be techie in the respect of uh, we're going to be real creative on how we get to that business model, right? Um, and we're going to not go in the simple way to be able to do that. Um, we're going to work on that to be able to make sure that that fits really well with what we're creating as a product. We have the benefit of um, being able to run lean, yep. a lot of the investment is just our time, which yeah. is nice. And it frees us from some of the rush to go make a bunch of money. And we can actually explore different ways to make the product better. Yep. Yep. And so we, we definitely, like we've mentioned with Tiffany, with the social media, we've worked with her as a contractor. We've worked with Jan from Live Adam to be able to work with him to do some contract work on the front end side of things. Um, and so we can handle some of those things with help of from people from the community. Uh, but the, the core 
components of what this makes us work from the back end um, and the development that's required for it. The majority of that we're able to handle by ourselves. And, and the things that are really get to be expensive if you have to try and do that with a team um, and get to be even a longer uh, coordination process of, of creating requirements when it's external to yourself and that's where doing that in-house on our own allows us to be able to iterate on it quicker and handle some of those expensive things. I've been really happy with our velocity, how quickly when you create the actual product and we decide what we want to do, Chris and I just get together, we decide something and a couple hours later or the next day in some cases, we can actually have that live on the site. We can just make it happen in a impressively short period of time, which is really valuable for a company and also gratifying from a feedback standpoint to see what you want done quick and not have to wait and work with others to, to, to make your vision known. Yeah, and we're, we're building this from the ground up. This isn't something that's built on top of a WordPress site or anything along those lines, which um, can be nice when you don't have the technical expertise to try and be able, you know, to just be able to create something on top of it, but then it really restricts as far as what you can do and what the, the platform allows where we're building the platform from the ground up. So that's something that um, allows us that kind of velocity. Yeah. So you both talked about this a little bit tangentially, but, you know, both of you have day jobs not in travel or, or hospitality at all. So do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, that? And I think it's an important discussion, too, because a lot of the times people don't think they're real entrepreneurs unless they're, like, all in, you know, mm-hmm. doing, you know, their startup or their endeavor, like, 24-7. And that's not always reasonable or realistic. So, you know, what do you do in yeah. your day jobs? And what have you taken from that that's really helped um, Sherpa to go on this, um, to have this velocity that you were talking about, Andy. I'm a programmer in my day job and that doing this as a, um, you're gonna have to edit this part out. Why don't you start, okay. Chris? <laughs> yeah. So being, um, you know, the, the core piece of that, and I think Andy will get this into this as well as, as software developers that allows us to be able to, that allows us to be able to, you know, like we were talking about before, handle a lot of those things to be able to build this, um, in our, in our quote unquote free time, um, and be able to move quickly on things. And so we can use our time more, um, appropriately. And so we're not, we're not taking a lot of extra time to be able to create things that maybe would be required, even if we were doing this as a full time, um, but didn't have those skill sets, right? Um, and it allows us, you know, to another degree, we talk about when you're creating a business and trying to bring people on board or even just looking to do something on your own, those golden handcuffs of a career that pays really well, why are you trying to do something that's going to pay you nothing for a long period of time, right? <laughs> yeah. And we un- fully understand that that's what, ex- what we expect. It's a money out proposition right now. When people ask, how do you make money with this? It's we don't, right? This is a, this is a nonprofit without the really good tax incentives. We're working on it. Um, and, uh, and <laughs> exactly, we're working on that. But the other side, the flip side of that coin is those golden handcuffs buy you that time, right? <coughs> um, and so when you look at something where um, you're maybe working in a, in a career or an hourly type of gig that uh, that doesn't pay as well, you, do, you don't have, you're not able to buy your time as much, right? Where um, we're fortunate enough to be able to do something that we don't have to be working insane hours to be able to pay for our lives, our lifestyles and what we do. Um, and, uh, and so we can pay ourselves to do this, right? And so there's, there's the advantage of that. Um, go ahead. I, I think it lets you explore and experiment more, which is super valuable 
from an entrepreneurial standpoint to be able to do that exploration. And you don't have a significant burn rate that you would if you were just doing your uh, your startup full time. And that really lets you percolate on ideas in the back of your mind and think about over time how you want to evolve the idea and the startup. And that can be super valuable. Um, in my experience, it's rare that I have an idea, I execute on it, and I get it right the first time. It's usually a continual process of Mm -hmm. realizing, oh, well, if I would have known this from the start, then this would have been easy. But that's the whole process is that learning experience. And that takes time. It's just, there's no getting around it. And this allows us to to take that time without a ton of stressors that we're going to run out of money and we need to finish this up or figure something out. And that's, you know, that's something that, you know, you touched on in, in the other part of the question too. Of you know, we don't come from uh, the travel industry. That's not where our experience starts from. Um, but the nice thing is, with our experience, you know, we have 15 plus years of experience. Uh, each of us building software and building software products and building companies, right? Um, and so, to a certain degree, building a product is building a product and learning how to do that well. Building software is building software, no matter what type of software that is, right? Um, And building a company, in a lot of ways, is building a company. And so you're taking that past experience that you've done before and and deploying that to what you're doing now. Um, And in addition to that, both of us have been working on things that that relate well to this, right? Um, Even on the business side of things, um, for myself specifically, I've worked in small businesses, small local businesses with the greenhouse business that I was doing both as a small local business and working with small local businesses, right? So it gives me a little bit of an opportunity to have that network pre-built where I can go out and have conversations with a lot of people that I know just from different pieces of what I've been doing for the last 12 years here in Rochester. Um, And then uh, in addition to that, just being able to come from that perspective a little bit more from the previous companies that we've worked on, right? Um, and, And then... There are a lot of people in this town and in this area that have been more than helpful with all of their experience that they can give us, especially from the travel industry um, and what they're doing here already. Um, And so working with those people as an advisor type of relationships and mentor type of relationships um, to be able to gain that experience from them, I think is always going to be a valuable is always going to be a valuable piece of what we're doing, and we'll continue with that. When you can repurpose the experience that you've already built up over the years, whether that's your day job or not, that really helps boost your velocity, and that makes a big difference. You just get so much more bang for your buck uh, from a time standpoint when you can piggyback on all the stuff you already know rather than having to go learn whatever it is. Learning how to program and build a site would be a heck of a lot more challenging than a programmer coming (laughs) in and building a site. Yep. Yep. Yeah, definitely agree that, yeah, usually the first time you do something, it it does not work. (laughs) And I've been on the other end of that where you've, you know, left everything to build something. And then, you know, a lot of times you ignore things that aren't working, too, because it's too hard of a reality (laughs) that everything's on the line and this has to work. Mm -hmm. Um, So that can be motivating, too. So, I mean, there's certainly two sides to that coin, but, um, you know, in our case, we'll talk about the benefits on our side. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. so like you said um, a little bit while we were talking, you know, you both have a lot of experience with um, software development, product development, running various other um, startups and have taken that experience. Um, but, you know, beyond that, what other um, 
people, resources, especially when we talk about the Sherpas, <laughs> have mm-hmm. you um, tapped into in the community to, to help take, um, make Sherpa a reality? Mm-hmm. Um, so within our network, we found a lot of people, especially on the Sherpa side of things, um, that, uh, that have been very generous with their time and with their knowledge and um, with their experience to be able to share what they like to do um, in the area and what that experience is like for them, right? Um, we found uh, different people that uh, represent different communities and beyond Rochester as well. And that's something that, uh, you know, being in a smaller region, in a region that works well together, has been so very helpful. And, uh, and so we've, we are continuing to do that and, uh, and making sure that we can get their feedback from their experience of creating content. Um, and then in addition to that, um, people within the industry that we've worked with, you know, both on, uh, you know, the the uh, contractors we talked about previously, um, but then also from the uh, advisory or mentorship level, um, working with some of the people that have worked in the region has been helpful as well, right? Um, and so Experience Rochester is definitely one of those uh, where we've we've worked with a couple of individuals that have helped extremely well on that and has just been very generous with that um, and, uh, and ex- ex- sharing some of their experience of what they've done and what they've worked on in the past and, and even what this market looks like, right? We're gaining a lot of experience from that. And, and the work even that uh, the DMC did with Experience Rochester and the Mayo Clinic and on the app that they created of, of Win in Rochester. And that's something that um, being able to coordinate with them potentially in the future, I think might be something that would be nice, but then also just the knowledge and experience that they gained from creating that or, or um, doing all the research that they've done, um, being able to follow up on that, right? Um, and not having to come up with some of that information from the very start. Building a, to your original question, building a product never really happens in a vacuum. I could be the most amazing technical programmer and I could build the most amazing thing, but there's a bunch of other elements to make a business successful that you have to go out and either learn yourself and that's rare that you're going to be a true jack of all trades and you have to find those other people that will help you find out what's important and help you succeed in those other avenues that you're not an expert in. And Chris's connections have been really excellent to help find uh, people in the community that are really helpful in all the spaces that we're not experts, uh, as well as just being kind of social and extroverted going goes a long ways, which isn't natural for a lot of people, uh, but can make a big difference on how many people you know. And those are the people that you'll tap into for various reasons to help make your business successful and get feedback. Yeah. And to follow up on that, I think that's something in the software development space specifically, um, being extroverted isn't something that is the default of the software development or just a, a, a standard software developer, right? Um, and you will see it so many times where a software developer will create the absolute best solution to any of these problems uh, in their own head, right? Like they, this is the best solution people are going to find it. I'm just going to create it. And of course, it's the best solution. So of course, people are going to find it, right? And I'm not going to have to iterate on it. And that's just, it's funny when you say it, but it's so true, the amount of times that you see that of people creating a product um, in the vacuum of themselves and putting it out there and saying, well, why did this not work, right? Uh, And so that's something that having enough experience, being in the industry long enough, it really helps to, to keep us away from. Piggybacking on that, I think getting your idea out there is super valuable. This yeah. is maybe going off your question, but I, I think one of, the, one of the things we did right was to get the product out 
early and get people using it and get feedback on the product. Even if the product is half-baked, get it out there, improve it, and keep improving it and keep getting feedback on it. Yeah, the standard line of if, you, if you're if you not ashamed of your first product, you waited too long, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> you said you need to know how people use it and what value they're getting out of it to strengthen that part and kind of jettison the rest. And mm-hmm. most times we don't like to do that <laughs> or wait for something to be perfect. And that's unrealistic because mm-hmm. you'll sit on it forever. <laughs> that's definitely some of the most frustrating conversations that a lot of us have <laughs> with people in the community is you can't figure out what they're doing because they won't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have some final questions to take us to the end here. Um, I changed them up for 2020. So you have some new ones Uh-oh. that I ask everybody. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So what are you reading or listening to right now? <laughs> we got to look. <laughs> um, Hold on. So I used to be a lot better reader since I have young children. <laughs> That's been one of my time-consuming activities that I haven't been to prioritize yet. Um, for me, it's trying it, – for me, it's a variety. I try to – my day job keeps me technical, and I have all those technical learnings that I do as part of that, and I really try to expand that out in my free reading and, and listening time. And I've got a, um, economics podcasts are one. Uh, there was a book called stubborn attachments that talks about kind of economics and moral theory. Um, and then a standard list of technical podcasts, a few business podcasts. Um, I don't have any that jumped to the top of my head. Chris, you can probably answer it better. He's still looking. <laughs> I was looking it up and I was trying to get the exact one. Um, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm reading a book right now. So I listen to a lot of podcasts that are business related to how I built this. Um, Rochester Rising, of course. <laughs> um, I'm listening to some economics type of, of podcasts as well that I always like listening to. Uh, but then uh, for reading, I always have on my Kindle something that I'm reading before I go to bed to help kind of calm my mind and get me focused on things. And I try and keep that related to also what I'm working on. And so there's um, the author, I forget the author, it's Peter something, I believe. And it's, it, but it, it's a book about community. So building communities, uh, tangentially related to what we're doing here. Um, and I think there's a lot of things that relate back to um, why we're trying to create what we're creating, right? Um, but uh, it's interesting to be able to read something like that that relates so well to what we're doing, but then also um, isn't a direct, you know, here's something that's talking about tourism or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my totally off-topic one is The Far Side. I'm mm. super excited that The Far Side <laughs> is apparently coming back, and I just pulled out my complete Far Side volume uh, last night to page back through that again. Nice. All right, so what's your favorite spot in Rochester? And your couch is a totally acceptable answer. <laughs> uh, for me, anywhere but my couch. Uh, I'm home. I, I like getting out, and uh, having young children makes that more challenging. So anything out and about. I love to check out a new restaurant, new coffee shop, um, anything. That, that's part of why I think I really gravitate towards what we're building, is that I love the idea of being able to um, go find a fun little afternoon to do in the community. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Trying to figure out of what the favorite one. So like 
outdoors. There's so many good outdoor spots of Game Haven that I think I mentioned before um, is one that I always find myself at. Uh, when we're talking about going to coffee shops, there's so many great coffee shops to not only be able to just sit down and have a conversation with somebody, but to have a meeting at. I always find myself making meetings. Even though we have the, the co-working space here at Collider, I always find myself making meetings somewhere else to just be able to go out to the community more. Um, but that's, uh, you know, so many of these that are just starting to grow up in addition to the fun things to be able to do, like going to Roca to do some rock climbing or something like that. Right. That it's this town. I'm always impressed by the amount of things that we get to be able to do in this community and a community that usually this size isn't going to have all of those options. Right. And it's fun to be able to see some of these businesses that at first glance, you wouldn't think, eh, how is that going to, how is that going to work out? I don't know. I don't see that being successful. And then four years later, they're just going absolutely gangbusters. So it's fun to see that. Mm-hmm. All right. My final question, what's one thing you wish you'd done differently with Sherpa? Oh goodness. I wish I had a marketing degree so I understood marketing. <laughs> that's, that's not a fair really, answer. I, I, don't know, I was going to say, I don't know if that's a fair answer. But. I don't know if we're to that point yet of, uh, yeah, of being able to pick point. out what mistake we really went on. We can maybe do this one in a year and I can tell you like what we did wrong in 2020. But, uh, um, you know, I, as, as Andy was noting, it's, there's a lot of things that um, were like, uh, the first iteration of that, that was really rough and was it really doing the right thing of what we were trying to do? Um, you know, we've, we've constantly been focusing on, on, on trying to get this to the exact point of here's the people we're trying to talk to and how we get in front of them. Um, and I, I re- I'm really happy with everything that we've done so far um, and, uh, and the amount of time that we've done it. I don't know if there's anything I'd pick right now. Part of it is the mindset of how you look at it. You don't look at it as, at at this stage in the game, it's not looking at it as having done something wrong. It's the inverse of like, well, we tried that and it kind of worked, but it didn't work like we thought it would. So we learned this from it and let's go try this next. And it's, it's moving so quickly. You're constantly focusing on what's next. And I feel like I don't even have brain cycles to go back and do a retrospective about what we did wrong or we haven't yet really. Yeah, I could tell you 10 things on all my previous companies of what was wrong, what I did wrong there, right? Um, because you've had time to think about it and, and whether they were successful exits or not, there's things that you can figure out of why that wasn't, why that wasn't um, working out well. Um, but uh, to Andy's point, all of our brain cycles right now are put towards how do we improve upon what we're doing and uh, what's working and how do we make that better, right? Instead of thinking about it from a very positive aspect of, we're going to make this work. It's just a matter of figuring out how we get there um, and the best way to be able to do that. So I'll ask you for any final thoughts and where people can find out more about Sherpa. Well, uh, thank you so much for being able to give us an opportunity to be able to tell more people about this. And this is something that we touched on throughout it is, is getting in front of more people and talking to more people. And so definitely if you are somebody who's interested in this, interested in this from any aspect as, um, somebody from within the industry, somebody who's interested in creating the content, somebody who's uh, an interested traveler who does a lot of these types of things, uh, feel free to reach out for sure. Um, hello at Sherpa.com is the email address to be able Sherpa to reach us. without the E. Good correction. Yes. So Sherpa, S-H-R-P-A dot C-O-M, com, Sherpa.com. Um, so Sherpa.com, of course, is the site to be able to go to to find out more about it. And there's contact us um, areas within the site as well. Um, but definitely go out there, check it out. 
give us your feedback. That's the thing that we're, we're looking for the most, right? We want to be able to find out ways of what people, what ideas that people have, what feedback that they have that they can give us is, is extremely valuable for us. Yeah, that feedback helps us understand where we're going next, what we want to build. So the best thing you can do is check out the site, give us critical feedback on what you like, what you don't like. Well, thanks so much for sitting down today, being the first recorded podcast of 2020. Yeah, <laughs> My first day back from vacation, Woo-hoo. so it's a nice way to ease in. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, thanks for your time. This has been great. Thanks so much to Chris and Annie for sharing their story with us today. And again, you can find them at Sherpa.com and you can find the links in our bio. We're always looking for great stories of Rochester entrepreneurs to share on our podcast. So if you know of an entrepreneur that has a story that needs to be told, let us know and send us an email at rochesterrising at gmail.com. That's a wrap for the podcast today. Today's podcast was hosted by me, Amanda Leiner, and was produced by Matthew Eng. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen into podcast content so that you never miss a story of innovation and entrepreneurship coming out of Rochester, Minnesota. We'll be back again next week with a brand new episode.